0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Money Multiplier Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Kessler, and we ask ourselves, do our dollars make sense? Uh, Today, we're going to hop into a little episode and topic that I thought would be kind of fun and cool. Um, So this is for my folks out there. Hey Hannah, if I'm making $50,000 a year, what should I do? What should I be doing with my cash flow? What should I be doing with my money and my dollars? Now I get it, right? So actually where I started out when I was in school and, and kind of moving out on my own uh, when I was 17, 18, 19... Um, I was living in downtown Kansas City, and I was a waitress at Cracker Barrel. Y'all, I was probably making about thirty-six dollars to $42,000 a year. I was a full-time college student. There's actually even some months that I had to ask my ex-boyfriend at the time, hey, honey, I can't pay for rent. Can you maybe help me out here? So I'm going to walk through some of the steps to take to get ourselves out of that financial hamster wheel that we're finding ourselves in. So before we get into the episode, I do have a few announcements. Um, 23 and 23, we are live and in action. We're on the road coming out to 23 different cities. Visit our events calendar on our website, themoneymultiplier.com, and you can see all of the cities that we will be traveling around to this year in 2023. So okay, let's get into it. So the first step of what we gotta do, if you are making 50,000 a year, we have to be saving at least 10% of our income. Now let me say this. These rules that I'm about to go through right now, this can work for any income level. I am just really honing in on my 50 a year income that's coming in through the door. So with most of these rules, you can take them and apply them at what any income level that you have. So I'm kind of just taking like the medians, the average that we see here in America. Now, saving 10%, all right? How I get this is I do follow an economist His name is Ray Dalio, and he teaches us that we should be saving anywhere from 10 to 30% of our income. Y'all have heard me say that before too. So 10% is what we should be saving. So 50,000 a year, 10% is 5,000 a year or $420 a month. That breaks out to about 100 and some odd change of weeklies that we are paying ourselves. Are you worth $100 a week? I hope you think so. So that's our first step. We got to start by saving the dollars. Now, this may be a wake-up call for some people. If you cannot save at least 10% of your income, you need to start making some big changes. You either need to cut back on some of those expenses that you're paying or you need to go get yourself a side hustle. Because if you are not at least saving or keeping 10%, you are gonna be stuck in that rat race, that financial slavery that you are finding yourselves in right now. So you gotta change one thing that you are doing. And one of the things that you need to be changing is where your money goes first. So here's what I would do. On that weekly or monthly basis, that 10% that I'm saving, I would put that into a separate segregated bank account. Separate segregated bank account. Now this is money that you are not touching. Do not touch this money. Do not hook up any credit cards, any checks to that specialized account. That is just you putting dollars away. That is the money that you're keeping. And like I said, if you can't do this, you got to cut some of those expenses and you maybe got to start a side hustle because it doesn't matter, y'all, how much money you make. It only matters the amount of money that you keep. You can be a very, very successful person, entrepreneur, whatever. But if you are making a million dollars a year and your expenses are one2 who cares how much money you make because you're not keeping any of that money. So rule number one is save at least 10% and where you're saving that money, put that into a specialized separate account that you cannot touch, that you just do not see. out, see So out of mind, out of sight, all right? So start there. The second thing we gotta do, we gotta create a budget and we gotta stick to it. When you go and you create your budget, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take out a sheet of paper and I want you to draw a line down the middle. On the left-hand side, that's your income. I want you to put W2 income. 1099 income, maybe you started a business, you got some business income coming in. Uh, maybe you got some gift money, it was your birthday, or maybe you just got uh, married, you got some wedding money that came in, right? So put that to the side. Income is to the side, on the left-hand side of your charts, that is what you're producing, that is the dollars that's coming in. On the right-hand side of your paper, I want you to label out your expenses, all of the expenses, the phone bill, the grocery bill, the house bill, taxes, insurance, right? Label out all of those expenses and you need to understand where your money is going. Even add in there the fun money, right? Your spending capital, what you're doing, uh, going out to eat with. If you like to go to the arcade or the movies, okay? Label out all of your expenses on the right-hand side. And now I want you to do the calculation. Income minus the expenses. Where are we at? Are we in the positive? I hope so. Hopefully we're not in that negative or at the $0 balance on a monthly basis, If so, really writing it down and seeing where your money and your dollar is going towards, that can be a very big insight of what's going on. It doesn't seem like a lot if you go to McDonald's every single day and you're spending five bucks a day there at McDonald's. But if you spend up five bucks a day times 30, that's a lot of money that you're sending out to McDonald's Corporation each and every month. Okay, so so that 150 bucks that you are sending to McDonald's, you you could probably be doing something with that money. I mean, if you take 150 bucks, multiply it by the 12 months that we have, that is $1,800 that you are sending just for buying your coffee every day or buying your egg McMuffin, right? Maybe you gotta start taking some cuts or start making your breakfast or your coffee at home to just save a little bit of capital, all right? Because if you're not gonna do this for yourself, Nobody else is gonna take that control in your finances of what you're doing. So really hone in, write it down. Write down what you're doing, where the money is going, and, and what you got going in and out on a monthly basis and track that stuff. I do it every single month and it has totally helped me track my spending and what I am saving and what's really going out the door. So we got to create a budget for ourselves. Create that budget and keep in between those budgets. Track your stats. Once you start to track your stats, you will see the consistency that will come from really just being in the know of what's going on. So that's rule number two. Now we got to create a budget. Here's rule number three. Now we're going to start building wealth through our own debts and expenses that we already have. So if you have debts, you got credit cards, a car note, student loans, a mortgage bill, all right, you may have some debts. Now I do agree, all debts are not bad debts, but here's what we're going to do to start off. How I told you on the beginning that you got to be saving at least 10% of your income, What we're gonna do, so on this example of $50,000 a year, so I am making $50,000 a year and I am putting away $5,000 of it each and every year. And all we're gonna do is just collect that money into that uh, segregated checking account that we have down at the local bank. So now that the money is in there and it's accumulating on a monthly basis, at the end of the year, we're gonna pull out that $5,000 and we're gonna go and pay off the smallest debts first. So hear me out, this is very important. Smallest debts first. I'm not saying the highest interest rates. I am not saying the highest monthly payments on this stuff. No, I am saying taking the smallest balance and lining it up until you get to the larger balances. And now what we're gonna do is we're gonna use our segregated checking account that we've been using or paying ourselves those saving dollars into, we are gonna start using that money to go and chunk away at the debt. Let's make believe that we owe money to Amex, all right, a credit card. So that Amex bill, it costs us 5,000. That is the outstanding balance on that card. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take the 5,000 that's sitting from our, uh, inside of that sp- uh, segregated checking account, and I want you to go and pay that to Amex directly. Now, once Amex has been paid off, they're happy they are not knocking at our door anymore. Now what we're going to do is that monthly payment we were sending to American Express, we're going to pivot that and now pay it back to ourselves. Let's make believe that that monthly payment we were sending to Amex is $200 a month. So now we just freed up an extra 200 a month that we had to send out to other people. Now what I want you to do is take that 200 a month and start paying it back into your segregated checking account. $200 each and every month goes into there, replenishing that capital inside of there. Because don't treat your money just like it's free money, right, when something gets paid off, I don't want you to just treat that extra $200 as fun spending money that you can go out and go buy those new shoes or go and go to Vegas and run some tables with, okay? I don't want you to do that. Treat your money like it has a cost to it. So now since American Express has paid off, you're taking that $200 a month you were sending to them, send it back to that separate segregated checking account. Now what we're gonna do is we're gonna take that cash that we've been replenishing in that segregated checking account, and now we're gonna go to the next debt in line. We're gonna take that cash, we were paying ourselves back that 200 a month or 2,400 a year, plus the extra 5,000, because remember, we're we're still uh, paying ourselves that 10% or 10% income that we're paying ourselves, right? So that 5,000 plus the $2,400, we're gonna take that, and now we're gonna go and pay off the next debt. Let's call it Chase Bank. Let's make believe that we owe Chase Bank $6,500. So we have enough to go to pay off Chase Bank. We, we take that money from the segregated checking account, the $5,000 plus the $2,400, and we go and pay off Chase Bank directly. They're happy now. They're done, all right? We are creating wealth through our own debts and expenses. So now Chase Bank, they were getting $250 of our money each and every month. Now all I'm going to do is that $250 I was sending to Chase Bank, I'm now just going to redirect that and start paying myself back into that segregated checking account down at the bank, right? Now, I have that 200 a month that I recaptured from American Express, and now I have that 250 a month that I recaptured from Chase Bank. So for a total of 450 that I am paying myself into my separate segregated checking account. 450 each and every month is what I'm paying myself back into that segregated checking account. All we're gonna do now is just rinse and repeat this cycle. Keep rinsing and repeating this cycle until all of the debts are paid off. Now, once all of the debts are paid off, you've just totally freed up your whole monthly cash flow of what you were sending to other people. All you're doing now is just taking that bulk of the monthly cash you were sending to other people and now you are just putting it back inside of your pocket. You are playing honest banker and you are truly respecting your dollar by doing this. Now my advice on this, be disciplined. Okay, nobody is going to care more about your financial life than what you do. You got to be disciplined with this. And so, when you are putting money into that segregated checking account, do not touch that money. That is your money that you are using to pay off these debts that you owe to other people. So, keep trucking along. Now, for my folks out there, if this is the first time you're ever hearing this, you can email me and I will send you an email of our recorded map presentation where it shows you in a visual step-by-step how we are doing this. But for now, hopefully you're following me in an auditory way. Let's continue on. Now, once all of the debts are paid off, We got some expenses, right? How can we now now start building wealth through the cars that we're buying, through the taxes that we gotta pay, through the vacations that we wanna take ourselves and our family members on? How can we build wealth and create money through these expenses that you gotta send out the door to keep living this prosperous life that you're creating for yourself? How we're doing so is is that you are gonna use that segregated checking account. You are using that segregated checking account to go buy the things that you already are planning on buying in life anyways. So let's use a car just for this example because everybody understands cars. We all get cars, right? We've all bought in cars, driven in cars, ridden in cars. So we get cars. So, Let's make believe that you are in the market. Your car is about to wear out, all right? Let's make believe it's 20 years old and you're in the market to go buy a new car. And over this time that you have cleared out the debts and you've been saving your dollars, that 10% that you're paying yourself that money, now you have some capital sitting aside in that segregated checking account that you could go use, what I want you to do is I want you to tap into that money. Let's make believe this car is going to cost you $40,000, right? $40,000 for the car. What you're going to do is you are going to go pay cash for that car, And I'm not talking cash in the traditional sense, because when we most of the time think about paying cash for things, it just stops after that transaction is done. You take out the 40,000 in cash, you go down to the car dealership, you hand over the money, they hand you the car, and everybody just walks away. The transaction is done. We're still gonna follow that same principle but now, once you've hand o- handed over the money, the car salesman gave you the car. Now, what I want you to do is, I want you to pay yourself back, just as if you were to go and borrow money from any other financial institute. If you were to go for- borrow forty grand from a finance institute, you got to pay them back. You got to pay them back with interest, and if you don't, they're just going to come and repo that car right off your lot. So just take the same principle and mindset when you start financing these cars in your life. So what I would tell you to do is go in and structure a loan repayment back to yourself just like how any bank would. You could actually have the car dealerships do all the heavy lifting for you. Say, all right, Mr. Car Dealership, if I were to come to you right now and get a loan from you, how much interest rate would you charge me? And then, all right, now this is the interest rate that you're going to charge me. How about what's my monthly payment? What is that monthly payment that I got to pay you? And that right there should be your monthly payment that you are paying back to yourself in that segregated checking account. So now here's another way you can do it. I like to use a site called bankrate.com. So www.bankrate.com. And if you go on there, you can find their loan calculators and just plug it in. I'll tell you personally, the Bank of Hannah charges herself 10%. So later on this year, when I go buy myself that new really pretty yellow color Bronco, I'm going to go do this. So that Bronco is going to cost me about 75. I'm going to take 75 out from my segregated checking account, go down and pay cash for that Bronco. Uh, Mr. Bruce down there at the Deland dealership, he's going to hand me over the Bronco and I'm going to uh, hand over the cash. Now, what I'm going to do is in bankrate.com in the loan calculator, I'm going to put 75,000. I'm going to put 10% interest because that's just what the Bank of Hannah charges. And I'm going to pay back this loan in three years, three years and and um, let's call it 36 months, Okay. Now what I do is I plug that into the calculator and then it pops me out what that monthly payment should be. So that is my monthly payment that I am paying myself back into my segregated checking account. That's it, that's as easy as it is. Because now when I'm paying myself back, I am replenishing this capital so that moving forward in the future, if I have opportunities, investments, transactions, things that I want to go buy, I have a cash reserve sitting there of capital that I can tap into to keep pushing my money to go out and go work for me. So that's all I'm doing. So now step four is we just got to change the way that we've been buying these big big ticketed items. And so I would say cars, you know, start off with the cars that you're going to buy for the rest of your life. Because I don't think your car is going to last you your whole entire life. I bet the car you're on today is not going to be your very last car. So do it with cars. How about you just do it with your tax bill, right? My tax liability this year is about to be 25. I'm going to take 25 out. I'm going to go and pay the IRS. And then now go to bankrate.com. $25,000 loan, 10% interest. Hannah, you want to pay this back over the course of 12 months. That's just what I'm going to say for myself. What does my monthly payment have to be back to myself? And that's what I'm going to do. Like I mentioned before, the vacations, the weddings, same thing. Instead of it being the taxes, we just scratch out taxes and we put wedding. This wedding is going to cost us 30000 I have my cash reserve here of 30000 I take it out. I go pay the flower people, the caterers, the event host people, etc., And then now go to bankrate.com, plug in that 30,000, charge myself 10% interest. I wanna pay it back over the course of 24 months. What does that monthly payment have to be back to myself? That's all it is. You need to be disciplined with this though, y'all. Okay, so be disciplined with your money. If you're not gonna do it, this stuff, it's just gonna go in through one ear out the other. It's almost like saying like credit cards, right? Everybody knows that credit cards can be a great asset to you. You get your flying miles, your cash backs, your Amazon purchases, right? But if you don't know how to properly use a credit card and you're not doing so in a right or correct manner, it can be very detrimental to you. You could find yourself in a boatload of credit card debt and that's just because you're not disciplined with your money. So start really by taking the control and being disciplined with those dollars. And this is now what I'm saying about you being your own banker. You be your own banker in your own life. You create those cash reserves for yourself because if you don't, you're going to be in the dictatorship of the central banks, the market, the Fed for the rest of your life. So start taking back that control. Now here's my tip number five. You got to live below your means. What Nelson Nash teaches us, he calls it Parkinson's Law. Parkinson's law states that once was a luxury now becomes a necessity. You got to live below your means, even though if you can afford those $600 Prada sunglasses, Hannah? Do you think those $600 Prada sunglasses are the best thing for you in your financial life? I could do a lot of things with an extra $600, right? So there's just some things that you really need to just ask yourself, hey, do I really, really need this? Or am I just playing into the FOMO and the hype of what's going on right now? Okay, so make some lifestyle and and some financially educated decisions about what you're doing so live below your means do not do not do not go out there and just because you can buy the eight dollar uh pomegranate little cups I don't think it's a great idea to spend $8 on one single pomegranate cup that's not even gonna fill you up for the next two and a half hours. Sorry, that one's another one that kinda hit closer to home. So now once you start creating these good principles and these good habits with yourself, you are really gonna start to see that wealth accumulate, money flows and grows to where it's respected, and you're also gonna start creating this generational wealth for you and your family. Because one thing I have just really, really noticed is, is that when dad started bringing money talk around the kitchen table and lessened the idea that it's such a taboo subject, we are now leaving the financial literacy down to the next generation and building wealth in that way through education. But then in also in the things that you are accumulating by just respecting your money. Because the whole idea, isn't the whole idea to accumulate these dollars and these wealth is so that you can go and put your little green men, aka your dollars, to work for you so that you no longer have to go and work for it anymore. That's all we're doing. I wanna get to a point where I have so much cash reserves that I can start using this for investment. Now, invest in things that you like, know, and understand. All right, I am never gonna tell you how to go and invest your money, how to go make your money. We can absolutely have those one on one, buddy, buddy conversation uh, type of uh, uh, styles or levels, but, but, you are going to determine what you want to do for the putting your money to work, the investment opportunities that you see yourself in. The whole idea is to put our money to work for us so that we no longer have to work for it. You could love the market. You know, you could be a professional day trader. That's just personally not me. You could be very active in rehabs or, or fix and flips on properties, right? Where you're going in there and you, are the one hitting the hammer against the wall or using the screwdriver to screw out the screws, right? That's personally just not me again, but maybe it's you. Maybe you like, understand, and know it. So pick your niche of what you wanna go and put your money to work for. And and it's okay to not be an expert in that area, all right? So find yourself mentors who are walking down the same road with you and just keep following, you know, learn from their mistakes of what they've done. And I'll tell you, the biggest thing that I made a mistake in in my life when I was making that lower income working as a waitress at Cracker Barrel is, is that I just would spend and the money. You know, I saw that there was money sitting there. I had my wads of ones all the time on me. And so I just thought it was nothing because I, I could just see the, all of the ones stacked up pile there. And I'll just buy the most stupidest shit for myself, to be honest with you. Most of that stuff I don't even have today because it was just shit, to be honest. <laughs> so So really, if you follow these steps, you will start to break the bonds of that financial slavery that you are seeing yourself in right now. So now in these examples that I've been explaining to you, I've been calling it a a segregated bank account that we're just holding down at the local bank. You can do that. However, you know me. You know exactly what I do all day long teaching the infinite banking concept. In next week's episode, we are gonna dive into deeper into, hey, if it's not maybe a segregated checking account down at the local bank, How about I do this with a specifically engineered whole life insurance policy? What if instead of using that segregated checking account or bank account down at the local bank, I use specifically engineered whole life to store and save, keep, grow, and manage my money? What would happen then? What are the benefits of doing it? So, we'll dive into that next week. I just wanted you to to understand the cash flow of what you can do and what you could be doing better with what you got going on right now in your financial life. I'll end off on this note wealth is a marathon, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Getting rich is a sprint. Would you rather be rich or would you rather be wealthy? I think wealthy. Wealthy comes with discipline and time. Rich comes from getting into that sprint and just hopping into something that you really personally don't understand, in my humble opinion. So what we're really doing is we are creating wealth. We are growing our empire. And if you follow these steps to do so, I promise you will get there. So let's recap. Rule number one, save 10% save your 10% and you put that away into a separate segregated checking account. Rule number two, create a budget and stick to it. Really understand and analyze what is coming in and what is going out the door each and every month. See what that leftover is. How much are you saving? What is that take home that you're really keeping for yourself and the family? Number three, Build wealth through your own debts and expenses that you already have. Now that you've been accumulating wealth in that segregated checking account or bank account, I should call it, start using that and start paying off the smallest balances of your debts first until you get to the highest ones. So create wealth through your own debts and expenses and be disciplined with it. All right, just real quick, be disciplined with it. Number four change the way that you're buying your items, products, and services, all right? So when you go out and you go and buy that product, investment, service, now, since you have borrowed out of your little nest egg that you got growing and and, and managing there, now what I want you to do is you just pay yourself back. Pay yourself back, treat your money just how you treat the banker's money, And rule number five, live below your means. Live below your means and do not be spending more. Do not try to impress other people, right? Isn't that all that we do when you go out and buy those that product sunglasses, the Gucci shoes, the new handbag, etc., Isn't that just to impress other people? I mean, maybe you like it, maybe you like it, but I don't know, I feel pretty comfortable in a $5 Walmart t-shirt as what I do in a $250 Coach t-shirt. Okay, so so really live below your means and see what is very important to you. I can tell you the most important thing in my life is creating memories and going out and experience the life that is meant to be lived out there. It's not in the material possessions that I owe. All right, and live below your means is that number five. Now, follow these steps. Next week, as I said, we're going to get into specifically engineered whole life. Why we would maybe store instead of that separate segregated checking account, let's start using a specifically engineered whole life insurance policy to do the same thing. What happens then? What happens then if I start doing that? So, all right. Well, thanks for joining me this week. I hope this helps a few of y'all, especially you newbies out there, a little bit maybe um, nervous to kind of jump into this whole world of the infinite banking concept. But I'm telling y'all, you do not have to have a boatload of dollars just to start somewhere. All you really got to do is just start by saving at least 10% of your income. Can you do that? Really think for yourself and ask yourself that question. So this week, I'm not going to do listener writing questions because I will be doing a whole episode on FAQs that I get all the time. So that will be coming here very, very soon. So I hope you enjoyed and go out, enjoy the day. So if you are doing the dishes or driving in the car, maybe taking a walk, riding your bike, thanks for tuning in, listening. And until next week, I'll see you then. Bye now.